What you say, voodoo cats? Y'all ready to get down like your backs ain't got no bones? Oh, that yeah. I can do. Huh? Yeah. 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 Well, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. So, one more game music, huh? What is this Swamp Boogie music you was talking about, Bobby? Falma, honey, you're going to find all about this here Swamp Boogie music, mama. It's music oh. from heaven, baby. Oh. Music oh. from heaven. Let's give it a shot. Oh. Universal Love. This is Detective David Love. And Dr. Lana Love. And you were just listening to Swamp Boogie, which uh, comes from the great rock musical Island of Dr. Moron. Fantastic show. So we're very happy to be here today. And uh, we have with us a special guest, Chris Dockrell, who's the director of the Island of Dr. Moron. Chris. Hi, Lana. Hi, David. Welcome to Universal Soul Love. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. And we're very excited to promote this amazing rock, Australian rock musical, which mm. is captured on film. Uh, just blew me away. Just amazing, amazing talent, you know, mm. um, songs, acting. We got to see this several months ago um, in Armadale. It was playing in a movie theatre. It was turned into a live movie. It was fan very unusual, very, and it's fantastic, all the characters and... and the themes which we're going to get into and we love brother bob yeah yeah Fantastic. um yeah yeah um so i know this is going out across the world so um maybe the listeners might be interested in knowing that dr moron started as a school musical like a lot of famous rock musicals start in, in the world uh we started in a little town called kempsey in new south wales um in australia um it was so popular we had people adults coming back we four out of five shows and my wife and I um, realized that we were onto a winner and so we put it on a shelf waited till we finished our teaching careers which we were very passionate about and then went out into the world and created a professional live production of the show it was a much leaner and meaner production than the school show um, it ran for four weeks in the heart of Sydney with a cast of professional actors singers and dancers um, during that four-week season, 
once again, we had many people coming back skiting that they'd seen the show five, six, seven times. They loved it. Every time they went away, they would bring back more people to see it. We filmed the show extensively over the four-week season and then spent 10 months in the studio in um, 2015, um, sifting through the reams and reams of, um, of material that we had. And we produced the first and only cinematic film of a live rock musical in Australia. So and then it went on the road. It's been over most of Australia. And you guys were lucky enough to see it in another country town called Armadale. Um, it started its journey 200 metres from the Sydney Opera House, which people from all over the world would know where that sort of sort of is. Mm. Uh, yeah, so we've been to major cinemas, small country halls with it. Thousands of people have seen it. And we're now um, doing the world. We did London in um, February, Canada in March, and we're in Nice in about two weeks' time, two weeks before the Cannes Film Festival. So there's a potted history of it there. Amazing, successful film, uh, play film, uh, just incredible. And and I should mention we're we're broadcasting on the BBS Radio Network, one of the largest, most popular alternative uh, talk radio shows on the internet right now, and probably for a long time to come. So we're very excited to be bringing the island of Dr. Moore on to BBS Radio for to, our listeners to an international yes. audience. And for our, our listeners and viewers, we have uh, uh, at the back of you. We have a very wild-looking uh, mm. Dr. Moron there, and uh, this is Vu Voodoo Velma here. Voodoo Velma's looking over my shoulder. Um, yes, Voodoo Velma is the, is the voodoo queen, what's bad and mean, and she she leads a band of um, sort of r crazy Rastafarian um, natives who live on the island and... Um, Yes, Valma is actually one of the two key key characters in 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 the film on the play. Um, Doctor Moron being the other one, and um, there's one point there where Doctor Moron is really he's he's insulting her and and putting her down, saying she's just nothing but a you know a person who puts pins into dolls, and um, so she actually bounces back at Doctor Moron with a beautiful song called It Ain't Easy Being a Voodoo Queen. And I think we, we might cut to that so your listeners can hear a little bit of it, okay? I love that. Let's do it. I gotta dress my head in feathers And paint my face all blue Roll my eyes and lick my lips It's hard, I'm telling you The songs, the songs are so original, and yet they're sort of almost classics, you know. Thelma's a great character, and, and the performer was excellent. She's um, got that, you know, she has a certain kind of, she's got this sexuality where she's sort of trying to tempt um, Dr. Moron, and he seems to have no interest in her, and they seem to have this competitive um, thing going, a relationship, where she, 
you know, and, they, and at the end, they end up battling it out, Dr. Moron's creatures and the um, natives, which so was pretty exciting. Maybe we should just summarise it. The plot is that these two people are shipwrecked in a, mis in a mysterious South Sea island. Mm. They're captured by a crazy tribe of voodoo natives um, who are headed by the larger-than-life voodoo Valma. They're drugged with jungle fever juice. They're almost cooked in a sacrificial cauldron. They're then auctioned off by this guy, this slave market junkie, whip-cracking rubber gloves character. Reminiscent of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's I think, right. A bit. They're then bought by Dr. Moron, who wants to buy new experimental subjects because his thing in life is to convert humans into animals which is a great theme a wonderful for us being an investigator and a psychiatrist we can get into that there's a there's behavior. a wonderful brother bob and um uh, and uh, there, there's a theme of you know um what is human what is animals right. and uh you know the, letting the beast out in all of us mm. that's right and it's 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 a bit reminiscent of um uh, I think there's a, another play called Dr. Um, yeah, and of Dr. Moreau. Moreau, where he he changes beasts into humans. So and this genetic is a, mutations. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, which is another wonderful song, genetic mutation. Can we uh, can we hear that? Yeah, sure. Um, look, just before we intro it, um, I'll, I'll just mention that um, yeah, genetic mutation. If you look at the, the dancing in genetic mutation you will see that is the image that I had that started this crazy journey. Um, I just finished another rock musical called Chill about an intergalactic property property mm. developer called Jimmy Slees. And um, anyway, I just thought, how do I come up with something better than this? And <laughs> seriously, this, this idea of mutated beings dancing on the stage was where it all started. And yes, I must have been channeling the island of Dr. Moreau. Um, <laughs> That's that's kind of where the similarity between the two storylines starts and finishes because, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, Lana, our Dr. Moron uh, is nothing like Dr. Moreau. Dr. Moreau was trying to trying to find the key to humanity um, by elevating animals to an, a human-like state, whereas our Dr. Moron wants to reduce um, humans to a bestial state and so that they are driven by their base um, desires. Um, and, and you can see from little little quips that doc, the doctor makes, he's not too impressed with humanity. Um, there's one point there where one of his failures um, is holding up his hands and the doctor says, always the humanity creeps back like a disease. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll cut to genetic mutation and uh, your to. viewers can get an idea of what it's all about. Genetic mutation, I'll never be the same. Genetic mutation, it's the name of the game. Genetic mutation, driving me insane. I feel my body changing in all sorts of ways. I'm even more important and my hair is turning gray. My body's smelling doggy and my butt has got a tail. Oh, that was fantastic. I love it. 
It's got great, it's a great song. It rocks. Yes. I think our, our listeners will relate to this in the spiritual community and the activist community. It's uh, about human nature. And of course, we're, I think we're trying to do the opposite on universal soul love. We're trying to raise the vibration of humanity. But this is a really interesting philosophical conversation. I'm not sure we're going to get that deep into it. But well, well, in fact, I mean, who's yeah. to say that animals aren't higher than us? Because they are oh. very, they're mindful. They're always in the sure. moment. They, um, you, most animals do not murder. There's only, I think, one species of animals that will commit a murder. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, so they're very close to us on the ladder, aren't they? Oh, yes, that's very interesting, isn't it? So, I mean, in some mm -hmm. ways, maybe animal spirits can be higher than humans I, because uh, of their purity. You could be right. Yeah, I think so. We're certainly yes, we've got the superiority complex going. We're not higher than animals. I mean, with in creating Dr. Moron, I I deliberately tried to keep it simple. Um, I, I I don't know if, pe if people look look up what I've done. I've written a lot of plays, um, and most of them are very serious, very serious thematic undertones. With our musicals, however, I really believe that when people go to musicals, they go there to have fun, and, it, mm -hmm. and I was really chuffed that um, one of the major luminaries who have endorsed our show is Matthew Riley, who is mm. an international bestseller. And his line of right. endorsement was, if you want a good night out, go and see Moron, Moron <laughs> fun. And um, another good friend of mine who's in the industry, he came out and he said, I get it now, it's life affirming. Because mm. you, just, you just go down this pipeline of craziness driven by wild music and great dancing and you come out the other end, you've got to be smiling. You've got to have, you know, you've, you have to have enjoyed it. Yeah. And, you know, Chris, and you, that's you what, felt that, I mean, that night, that night at um, Armadale, yeah. that you could Look, feel it. Yeah. That's it. We, we, we went out to have fun. We were looking for just some entertainment, you know, not a lot of intellectual stimulation because we get enough of that between the two of us with our professions. So, I mean, we've got people, come, guests coming on our show with a lot of serious intellectual conversations, discussions all the time. So, when, you know, we... When we go out to see a movie, we really just want a break. I mean, it's, and, it's fun just talking about it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's got everything. It's got the 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 interesting theme. It's got the yeah. great characters. It's got fantastic music. It's got great Visually, energy. it's amazing. And and the way that you've actually put it together in a film, I, I believe you used a huge number of cameras, but you you it actually makes you feel like you're in the film. Mm. I don't know how you did it. Yeah, very unusual. That is a really common a common um, comment that we get. In fact, in one of our Vox Pops, um, people can see it online, um, there's a, an older couple who, and the gentleman says, I, I saw the live show and I loved it, but seeing the film made me feel like I was inside it. And I thought, that was fantastic. That was a, so that's exactly what we tried to do, Lana, is... Um, smash through the fourth wall you know there's the imaginary fourth wall between the stage and the audience we wanted to put the um viewing audience of the film up there on the on the stage with the characters and we we did just that um i'm just thinking that um would you like to hear a little bit from the doctor himself with well, his absolutely. and um it uh, might give your audience um a bit of an insight into what sort of a crazy man we're dealing with. So we'll cut Science. to Moron Rules OK. Moron, he is a moron, 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 he is a moron. I'm a moron and it's true, if I get my hands 
Psychosis? Is it bipolar? PTSD. I, from... I think it might have all, everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 read, I remember that that really funny scene from Faulty Towers where there were two psychiatrists staying in Basil Faulty's hotel, and they came out of their room one one time to find Basil in a fetal position, jumping up and down, and one of the one of the psychiatrists said to the other, "There's enough there for a whole conference." <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I think with, Dr. <laughs> with Dr. Moron, there's enough there for a week-long conference, I think. Yeah, there certainly is, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, um, you mentioned um, uh, Brother Bob earlier. Um, he, he started this interview with um, Swamp Boogie. He's an interesting character. Um, he, uh, we, it was just so great to get him. He... Um, uh, Wayne McDaniel, he's been in quite a few films like um, Superman Returns, Son of Mask, The Sapphires. Um, and to get him was a goldmine. And um, to put his six foot seven against um, Valma's five foot something, um, they make a great pair, as you saw, like the, the, the really short Valma, who's about half his height, really. Um, but yeah, Brother Bob, one of my favourite songs in the show is Mission Statement. Um, it rocks. It just rocks so much. And, uh, yeah, it's it's one of the ones, whenever we set up a film in a cinema, it's the, that's the sound test I use, mainly because I just love hearing it over and over again. So I'm just wondering, will we will we cut to mission statement? Love to hear, love to hear uh, that. Uh, and Brother Bob. <laughs> Shake and sing, 
say goodbye to all your sins. That was great. Really enjoyed that. He's a lot of fun. He's a, he's a great character to have in this show. He certainly is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just love the way the natives get, get into it, you know, when he, when he says, got to, got to um, save the heathen, convert their soul. You right. know, some rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's part of the – that's a really good example, though, of, of the way we tried to structure this film because um, it, it's a very loose narrative thread. Now, I said on the last night when they dragged me up on stage that, I mean, I've been writing plays and directing and producing them for – 30, 35 years, I know all the rules and I deliberately broke some of them with Moron. And I think that's that's what you're supposed to do. You're we like people to break rules mix, here. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, you know, it's chip away at the edges and give the audience something different. So with, more, with the whole story of Moron, you, the audience, are swept ashore with Edwina and Dougie. And basically the, the storyline is follows their adventure for one night on this crazy island. And so that's why, you know, halfway through it, you get this crazy preacher singing a song like Mission Statement. There's no other reason for it, but it works, you know. Yeah. And you've got the, the beautiful blonde Edwina who's sort of Olivia, like Olivia Newton-John from Greece, and she gets on there in leather pants and does her rock song. And I remember yeah. that was we're not going to, it won't be a spoiler to say this, but Edwina and Dougie, as you said, they're washed ashore, they're, they're, they're captured by natives. They're just about to be cooked and sacrificed when um, Voodoo Valma gets this great idea. Wow, and there's a rich man doctor on the other side of the island. Let's um, have an auction and sell, sell these to, to him for experimental subjects. So Moron buys them. And he drugs Edwina and hypnotizes her, and uh, it's great because Edwina and Edwina and Dougie start the show as this innocent couple um, in their sailing gear from you know being washed ashore, and then we see Edwina wheeled out in this sexy, really tight-fitting leather pants and black top, as you said, a little bit of Olivia Newton-John from Greece type image, and. Um, yeah, the doctor, the doctor hypnotizes her, lets her go, and tests his power over her against Dougie, her man. And there's a great song that ends um, Act One called um, "Under Doctor's Orders," which um, <laughs> really shows the power of Moron. So we'll mm -hmm. cut to, to that. Is that okay? And um, give give your people a taste of "Under Doctor's Orders." They're gonna love this one. <laughs> okay. They told me ladies to live a clean life Stay away from trouble, stay away from strife Doctor told me good, doctor told me strong Listen to his orders and I can't go wrong I'm under doctor's orders I'm under doctor's orders Yeah, I'm under doctor's orders I'm under doctor's orders just to stay away from you I'm a 
great doctor. <laughs> he, uh, he, Mind he's, control. He, he's a bit of a control freak, isn't he? <laughs> uh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and, um, as, we, as we travel further into the story, we realise that, um, the, the, as you said, the doctor has a lot of hang-ups. And, and um, there are references to his mother. Um, and he spits the word out, my mother. And because... Um, <laughs> She used to leave him in the local uh, in the in the local cinema, which was called the Oedipus Cinema. Uh, um, so <laughs> the psychiatrist and psychologist might pick up on that. Um, so there is a twisted, a twisted Oedipal complex going on there with him. Um, but and then he would spit out that you know his mother left him in the theatre in the cinema while she went to bingo with all those other men. And um, so yeah, we find out that. Um, Dr. Moron um, has done some pretty mean things to the the pets in the neighbourhood and they've had to move away and he's not allowed near any sharp implements as a, as a child. Uh, <laughs> so you sort of do get the feeling, yes, behind behind that, that, that mask there is a, um, a fairly twisted sort of soul and you're right, Lana, he's a control freak. He, he, he obviously sees himself as a, as a god, as a godlike figure and... Um, Yes, so it does. It does make for an interesting character. I, I mean, in many ways, I've drawn on gothic, the classic gothic character who was obsessed with his, you know, his project, like Victor Victor Frankenstein, for example, mm -hmm. um, and uh, just taken that then to the comic extreme, which works really well. Yeah. I mean, there is also a bit of a sadistic theme there with a house of pain. and Yeah, that was a little bit. I was yeah. cringing a bit on that, even though it was funny. But <laughs> Well, it's interesting that um, you mentioned that because H.G. Wells, in his novel, The Island of Dr. Moreau, mentions the house of pain. Oh, and okay. One of his characters does, well, does. And I was a bit worried at first. I thought, I, it's, it's a great line. And I, I thought, I, I want to write a song about that. And mm. we did. Um, called the House of Pain, um, but I didn't use it until I'd researched that term. And this is interesting because I found that Wells borrowed it from um, Ralph Waldo Emerson, um, who'd written, who'd used that term about 50 years before Wells wrote The Island of Dr. Moreau. And uh, Wells, um, Emerson was an American philosopher, um, mm. as you probably know. Um, Massachusetts, of, just like me. Mm. Sorry? Massachusetts, just like me. Mass yeah, okay. Yeah. And and one of the founders of the great American magazine, The Atlantic, which I read religiously. Yes. Um, but um, Waldo, in one of his essays, said he has seen but half the universe who has not uh, seen or been to the House of Pain. And wow. um, Moron uses that line. Um, in his judgment over one of his failed creatures. And uh, he says to Cheetah, you, my poor Cheetah, my poor, poor Cheetah, have seen but half my universe. Take this miserable creature away to the house of pain. And, um, yeah, so, yes, it is macabre. Yes, it is a bit sadistic. Um but you've got to ride with it. and, and, I, and I guess it's consistent with his character, yeah. isn't it? And, and oh, nobody got yeah. hurt in the making of this production. So. <laughs> no, no, animals, clean, no animals were hurt. Off. No people who were turned into animals were hurt. No, <laughs> it's all no, tastefully done. Yeah. 
<laughs> but the cheetah, that's one of your favorite characters as well. Lana loves the cheetah because mm. she's 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 in love with Doctor Moron, and she. Oh know, no no she. Wasn't she a cat? Yes. You're talking about Mona. Oh, Mona. sorry, Mona. Mona. Yes. Right. She, she was only just a cat, and that was that's one of the problems that Moron has with Mona. Mona, Mona is just absolutely unequivocally in love with Moron and completely dedicated to him, totally loyal to him. Mm. Moron, Moron, being Moron, treats her like dirt um, and regards her as just a constant reminder of his failures because, as he says, there's far too much human in you and not enough beast. And, of course, Mona's this sexy-looking woman in this red outfit. Um, and for, But for Moron, that's, that's just an indication of his failure. Um, but the, Mona gets some great songs in Act 2 um, and then basically love songs um, that are directed at uh, Dr Moron. One of my favourite songs, another favourite song in the, in the show... Um, it occurs towards the end where Dr. Moron is, um, he's going through a really low spot and uh, Mona, even though Moron has treated her like dirt, Mona is so loyal to him and um, she comes over to him and she sings this song called The Way I Feel For You. Oh, and, that's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, Can we listen to that? Well, yes, we'll give your listeners a, a listen <laughs> to that right now. You are all that I can see earlier that um, a lot of the songs in our show have that feel that you've heard them before in mm. fact I remember Lana you when you came over you guys and introduced yourselves you said that oh, I've heard some of these on the radio and David said no you haven't none of them have been on the radio they're all original um, mm. but but again we we're unashamedly mainstream in everything we did with this show and um, that's the feel that we wanted to create with the songs uh, I might point out that, that at at the moment, at the time of recording, we haven't signed up to any major distribution network at all for the songs, for anything to do with the film or the merchandising. We're trying to keep the whole package of Moron very clean because our ultimate goal is to um, find somebody to actually help fund mm. a major production of this show in London because mm. we believe it has worldwide appeal. So 
So the film is proving that it's being picked up by film festival selection committees when it, it really doesn't, it's like, well, it's like the round peg in the square hole of selections. For fit any criteria. It doesn't, it doesn't fit any. In fact, I had a, an email from a lady at, um, in Budapest yesterday said, oh, maybe you should put it in the documentary section. And I wrote back and said, documentary is section. anything but a documentary. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But, yes, yeah. the, the, songs, the songs are, how should I put it? it each song seems to be different, almost like a different type of genre, mm. but they're all so wonderfully made. It's a tapestry. It, it's sort of like you think, how could I never have heard that song before? Mm. Because the... the you know, you just end catchy. up very, very catchy, okay. very catchy. Actually, yeah. um, and can I ask you, in terms of composing the songs, who wrote the songs? My darling wife. Um, oh, she's, wow. she's the musical genius. Um, and I'm just the crazy guy that comes up with the lyrics and the structures and everything. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll know when I write the lyrics of a song, I'll know what that song is meant to be, like what meant to feel like. Is it blues, rock? Is it slow? Whatever. Um, I might provide Lynn with just a basic chord structure, but then I just leave it to her to work out the melody. And that's the way we've done it with five rock musicals that we've written. Wow. But, um, You've written actually, five, wow. Yeah, one of the songs that um, that we haven't got to yet is called Voodoo Zydeku. And actually it goes to what you were saying then, because we definitely we wanted to provide a, a, a wide range of, of musical genres, which we did, and including uh, our own take on um, Zydeco music. So this song, Voodoo Zydeco, which we'll cut to in a minute, sung by Balthazar, who is um, Voodoo Valma's right-hand man, and he's, he's a real dimwit, absolute dimwit. Um, uh, there's a classic line in, in the show where Voodoo Valma says to him, is you thinking what I'm thinking, Balthazar? And Balthazar says, you just tell me what to think. Voodoo lady, <laughs> and I'll tink it right away. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, so he sings this song, Voodoo Zydeco, which is a bit of a tribute to his boss lady, Voodoo Valma. So here we go. I ain't got no song about you, little missy. Only five! <laughs> Deep in the jungle late at night you might behold a terrible sight. Ha! Valma's crew are cooking up a brew. Big sand pieces for me and you. A boo, side crew. A boo, do, side crew. A boo, a do, side crew. A boo, do, side crew. A boo, a do, side crew. She's cooking up a brew for me and you There's a big fat cat with feathers on her head Shouting and screaming to raise the dead Hot pink smoke and rolling eyes Purple face and yellow fires Side of the 
strongest drum up a bouncing beat. Make you wanna move your feet. Voodoo rhythm in my head. Make my passion hot and red. I've ever heard. For sure. So um, very, very proud to be Australian <laughs> with this touring around the world. We wish you all the best with it. Chris Stockrell, thank you very much for being on Universal Soul Love. Thank you, Lana and, and David. It's been a pleasure. Wonderful. Okay. Well, this is Universal Soul Love. I'm Detective David Love. And Dr. Lana Love. On Great to have you with us. Broadcasting on the BBS Radio Network from Australia. Have a great week. Have a great week. Bye for Bye. now. Tell me what to think, and I'll think it right away, you black magic woman, you. Alma, the items are ready for sale. Excellent, Balthazar. It is almost midnight. Well, we got ourselves an auctioneer, or what? Yoval! Mm -hmm. We got... Rubber gloves! Okay. The shipwrecked slave market junkie! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 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 
market junkie. He's a slave market junkie. I'm a slave market junkie. He's a slave market junkie. I'm a slave market junkie. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm a slave market junkie. I think it's kinda hip. I love to hear the chains and the cracks of the whip. Woo! Oh yeah. I'm a slave market junkie. I'm a slave market junkie. I'm a slave market junkie. I wouldn't have it any other way. I get off on the sweat. I get off on the pain. I get off on the screaming. Pushing adrenaline. I'm a slave market junkie. I'm a slave market junkie. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm a slave market junkie. I like to see them toil. Ooh, I love to see their bodies all covered with oil. I'm a slave market junkie. I'm a slave market junkie. I'm a slave market junkie. I wouldn't have it any other way. What's happening here? Dude. What kind of a madhouse place is this island? Well, this sure ain't no club Mediterranean, that is for sure, honky cat. <laughs> this, my young friend, is the island of Dr. Marone. The island of... Dr. Moron. What did I do, brother Bobby baby, to fall for a hip cat like you, huh? You go on and tell me. <laughs> what did I do? Well... <laughs> when first I saw you, baby, I didn't know how it could be That someone good as you could love a girl as bad as me What did I do? Deep dream. Something he does 
He's all around us, man. His presence is tangible. His mind is huge, all-knowing, all-seeing. He's with us and beyond us. He's all around us and, and completely within us. You say he's a doctor. Oh, a doctor, a, a philosopher, a visionary, a giant, a god. His intellect is stifling. His power to see and to do what only he knows is right for us is, 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 is awesome. truly awesome. Truly, truly awesome. Bring the girl to the house of pain. You treat me so hard, honey. You treat me so unkind. You treat me so hard, honey. You treat me so unkind. You treat me. Great, 
great man. Oh, we got it. All right. Awesome. Truly awesome. Big godlike, big picture visionary, etc. Except Do not discount the magnitude of Dr. Moran's stature, nor underestimate the greatness of his achievements. He may well turn the entire human race on its head. How? Marone is close to perfecting a unique process which may well change the course of our evolution. What kind of a process? A combination of surgical and chemical treatments, which has profound outcome. Profound? Profound! The doc's been here for many, many years. He purchased the island from the Nazis after they'd finished their top secret Nabwetavi project. Nabwetavi project? Nuclear and biological weapons testing on an active volcanic island project. Hold the little tigress tightly, Fitter and Turner. I can see we're going to have to do this the hard way. <laughs> That's not very nice. Gilly. <laughs> the doctor's only trying to have some fun. <laughs> fun? Fun? What's wrong with you two? Nothing's wrong with us. <laughs> hey, Fitter. Right, Turner. <laughs> Hit the pig skins! Pound the tambourines! Let's go, baby! Pig skins, Woo! Oh, yeah, children! Listen to me! Brother Bob's here! Gonna set you free! Oh, yeah, children! Shake and sing! Listen to me, Brother Bob's here, gonna set you free. Oh yeah, chillin', oh yeah, chillin', oh yeah, chillin', listen to me. Now, I'm on a mission, talking about a South Sea cruise, doing good works, got no time to lose.